Our gospel for this first Sunday after Christmas is from Luke chapter 2. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Assuming he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among their relatives and their friends, and when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, of course, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and at his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Jesus said to them, Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I know they've kind of fallen out of favor a little bit, but how many of you still send Christmas cards in the mail with a stamp, maybe a picture and a letter? Lots of people do. Old-fashioned Christmas cards, like I said. I think it's because of Facebook and email. You can save a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of paper, too, by just doing them electronically. We still get plenty of them on good old-fashioned Christmas cards, which I like, especially if they include pictures that I haven't already seen on Facebook or Instagram over the course of the year. And every year, opening those cards, card after card after card, reading all those letters, letter after letter after letter, looking at all those pictures, I'm amazed by how much changes for people in the days and in the months just between Christmases. Kids come and go and change, Careers come and go and change. Marriages sometimes come and go and change. People take exotic trips and they relocate and they get sick and they get well, hopefully, but sometimes they don't. Depending on when you were here for Christmas Eve, if you were here for Christmas Eve, it's been about 36 hours <laughs> since we gathered around the manger holding our candles and singing our hearts out about this baby, Jesus, the holy infant, so tender and mild, as it were. And now, all of a sudden, the first Sunday after Christmas, he's 12. <laughs> we all know what 12 means, right? Prepubescent, know-it-all, angst-ridden, almost teenager, worrying his parents by missing his ride home from the big family vacation. And of course, there's all kinds of high-minded theological stuff we could muse about and wonder together about how wise Jesus was or how quickly he became that way, how the boy wonder amazed the crowds with his teachings and about how 
he was found in his father's house. All that stuff, the high-minded theological musings, I mean, is probably being done lots of other places today, and I'm tired, so we're not going there. I always appreciate that this is one of the few inklings we get about Jesus' life between the Christmas story and his adult ministry, between the baby in the manger and his life of teaching and preaching and working all those miracles. The gospel writers never give us anything about the many years during the childhood of Jesus where he grew and where he changed before becoming the man that we meet all of a sudden down by the river when he was baptized by his cousin John. This morning's story from Luke is as close as we get to any of that. So I liken it to the pictures and the cards and the holiday updates that we receive year after year. This story reminds us that Jesus and Mary and Joseph had a life going on between and behind the scenes, behind the highlights that have become part of our faith's story. Even though we sometimes forget it, Jesus learned and Jesus got lost and Jesus probably got into trouble and Jesus argued with his parents and Jesus had to grow up just like the rest of us. When I look at all those pictures that come in the mail so carefully posed before Christmas trees and perfectly decorated fireplaces, I know that there have been haircuts and there have been fights about the clothes and there have been clothes that don't fit and there have been times when not everyone was smiling perfectly and there were plenty of times when the dogs would not look at the camera. And when I read the letters people write, I know that there have been long, hard days at work behind every promotion. There have been tough days at school that are part of every academic accolade. I know there have been bills to pay and finances to manage before any extravagant vacation is possible. And I know there have been disagreements and family fights and embarrassing moments that don't usually make it into the holiday year-end review. Even though the good stuff is what we capture on camera or write down to send in our Christmas cards or post on social media even, we know there is an awful lot that goes on between the good stuff. And I thought about this Friday night right after our Christmas Eve worship extravaganza. So much time and so much energy and so much preparation and planning go into those services and it amazes me and I'm always so grateful for everything that we do to pull that off. So Friday after midnight, when it was all said and done and I was the last one in the building after Jeannie left and Stephen left and the Kuffners left having blown out the candles and turned out the lights and locked all the doors. I felt that strange, holy feeling I get often after nights like that. To have been so busy and filled up with all the people and all the music, all those candles, all those lights, and then to be suddenly surrounded by so much stillness and silence is quite an experience. I don't hate it. 
I have to say. It's kind of a beautiful time to be in the church. But the highlight was over. Captured in all of those hearts and minds who joined us, I hope, but turned off and moved out and gone as far as anyone would ever have been able to tell had they showed up late. It took a lot to get there, and it was awesome. But how quickly we get back to the business of living and learning and growing until the next highlight worth remembering comes our way. And again, that's what we find in this morning's gospel story, I think, this moment between Mary and Joseph and Jesus, this everyday, nothing special, living, breathing, eating, sleeping, busyness of life in the world. It is as plain and it is as powerful and as quiet as a church after Christmas. Because that's where I feel like we find ourselves now, just back to life just back to normal, just back to business as usual. And it happens in the same ways for you and me, too. I talked to Mike Long and the girls at the 11 o'clock service Christmas Eve about how Stephanie got called into work in the ER that night after she'd been here at 7.30. Merry Christmas. I know Elaine Thorstenson had her Christmas Eve worship plans derailed because she was in the hospital herself for a stay. I got my COVID-19 test results by way of a text just after Christmas Eve worship while I was sitting here by myself. They were negative, thank goodness. But a rude reminder, nonetheless, about the persistence of this pandemic that still plagues us. Bah humbug. One thing these days after Christmas remind me of more and more every year is that the highlights are great, and we need them for inspiration and for nourishment and for celebration and all that they offer. But in these days after Christmas, as things go back to normal, as the carols get quiet, as the family and friends leave, as we wait for the next big thing, these are the days when we need Jesus, the one who lived, as much as ever. It's in these days between the highlights when life really happens. It's in these days following the festivals when we risk losing one another like you might lose a child at the mall or on vacation if you're not paying attention. And it's in these days between the highlights of our lives when we can get lost ourselves. But it's also in these days between the highlights when we find Jesus where we don't always remember he will be. Not just in the temple when it's packed with people and poinsettias, but also in our homes and in our hearts, and in our classrooms, and in our office buildings, too. We find Jesus between the highlights, not just in the picture-perfect holiday poses, but in the day-to-day -day living that it takes to get there. And we find Jesus between the highlights, not just in the grand healings or the mighty miracles of our faith stories, but in the struggles and in the stresses and in the small victories of life and death just the same.
what I hope and pray for on top of all of our well-deserved holiday fun is that what we offer here and what we get to know for ourselves is the presence of Christ that lives not just on Christmas Eve or during the holidays or even just on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.45, but that the story we share and the Savior we proclaim is the one who finds people every day between the highlights that are sure to come when we rest assured in the hope and in the grace that belong to us because we belong to God in this Jesus. Amen.